It was the kind of phone call that you never want to receive, but such phone calls are part of life, and that is especially true for me since I am standing in this place before you this morning. On a Sunday afternoon some years ago, I received a call from a very good friend. Chuck, you have to come to the hospital now. Something awful has happened. He quickly told me that at the conclusion of a grocery shopping trip, my friend's wife had collapsed and gone into seizure as she and her four-year-old son were unloading their car. The worst part was that she was eight months pregnant. The four-year-old son had the presence of mind to dial 911 to summon help because of the many drills the family had gone through just in case of such an emergency. This was well before cell phones. And my friend had been out shopping for a new washing machine in preparation for the new arrival in their home. And as he arrived at their home, unaware of what was happening, he saw his wife being loaded into an ambulance on a gurney. As soon as she arrived at the hospital, it was clear that things were not good. She was rushed immediately into the OR for an emergency C-section. When I arrived, I was told that there was a serious concern about lack of oxygen for both mother and child. After some time, my friend and I were allowed to see the baby. He was experiencing seizures, but for the moment was stable. We said some prayers, and I asked about baptism. Not right now was the response. I had baptized their older children. At the time, I was priest in charge at Holy Trinity Parish in Decatur, Georgia, and I was to be the celebrant and preacher at the approaching evening service, so I had to leave. When I returned, I was stopped as I went into the building and sent to NNICU, Neonatal Intensive Care Unit. The baby had just died. I offered prayers and stayed for just a moment to be with this precious child of God after his father left. A nurse who had been present for the first visit came up to me and quietly said, It's okay. I baptized him after you left. People of faith don't often think clearly at times like this. I smiled and said thanks. Unfortunately, the next day, less than 24 hours after her collapse, my friend's wife died. From the time of the phone call, I had been praying almost without ceasing to God, praying for them, praying for a miracle. But why? What good had it done? How many times have you offered prayers only to have them not answered as you asked? How many times have you walked up to one of us or some other ordained person and wanted to ask, why didn't God answer my prayer? Or why did God let this happen Or simply just want to ask why? I certainly asked those questions following these deaths. And some of my not-so-faithful friends asked me, Why did this happen? Where is God? My response then, as my response is now, comes from the prophet Isaiah. Your thoughts are not my thoughts, nor your ways. My ways, says the Lord. Sometimes we just don't know. In today's gospel, we hear of two miraculous healings, 
Let's reset the scene. Last week, from the reading from Mark's Gospel um, that immediately precedes this reading, Jesus is chastising the religious leaders of the Hebrew people, chastising them for being concerned about things eternal, about things that we have d- developed, human, human patterns and beliefs, rather than the internal realities, concerned more about temporal rules and traditions than about things eternal. In today's gospel lesson, Jesus is trying to get away, to hide out. So many have heard of his ministry and the miracles he is performing. Jesus actually leaves the right place and goes to the wrong place. Jesus heads north to Tyre on the Mediterranean coast, and in so doing, he enters the region of the Gentiles, leaving behind a respectable Hebrew society. Then he enters a local home, hoping for some time alone, but this is not to be. He is recognized. His reputation precedes him, and a local woman ferrets him out. This bold mother comes to Jesus, ignoring so many of the established norms. She is speaking to a Jew, a Hebrew. He's male. He's a respected rabbi. He's a stranger. She's never met him before. She is a woman a Gentile, and she comes asking for help for her daughter who is possessed by a demon. Her disregard for the norms of her time and place would have been outrageous. Shouldn't surprise us that Jesus refuses her request. The children, the children of Israel must first be fed. Nothing for you or for your child, and then in effect, He calls her a dog. A dog I may be, she says in so many words, but you sit at the head of a miraculous table. Remember that even the dogs can eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And that is why I'm here. I will take whatever you offer, Jesus, for whatever I receive from you will make a difference. I know. I know the nature of your table. She has come seeking help for her beloved daughter and will not be turned away or dismissed. Jesus responds, you understand. You know who I am and what I am. You may go. Your daughter has been made whole. One that is outside the circle of acceptance, one of the outcasts, one of the untouchables, one of the excluded ones, understands and seeks that which life and wholeness gives through Jesus, despite not being worthy by so many earthly standards. And she does so not for herself, but on behalf of another. Granted, it's her daughter, but on behalf of another. And she will not be dismissed. Some commentators hold that this is a personal turning point for Jesus and that this is when he understands that his message is not just for the Hebrew people, but for others as well. I have preached that sermon. But there are other commentators who hold that Jesus' journey to Tyre and Sidon and then to the ten cities of the Decapolis was an intentional mission to take the message of salvation to all people, not just to the few acceptable ones 
and a Gentile proclaims the good news. I know what you can do. I know who you are, and I want to sit at your table. When the Syrophoenician woman comes to Jesus, and by knowing who he is and what he is, she receives a response, and in that response, the walls begin to be torn down. Jesus reaches across the breach and begins to extend his arms of love to all who are made in God's image, to the whole of creation. The best food upon the table is given to one of the least of the day, someone who many looked upon as being equal to a dog. My friends in the opening story were not practicing Christians. In fact, the father had actively and defiantly defiantly turned away from any kind of organized religion, and he had been raised Episcopalian. Something had happened that had totally turned him off from church, from faith, and from God. But somewhere within his being, he knew to turn toward God at this time of danger and fear. Like the woman in today's gospel, he sought out the one who created all there is. For reasons we will never know, his and my desire for healing and health were not answered. But I believe that his prayers were heard and that God did receive his wife and child into the kingdom. One of the most difficult things for us to embrace is death although it is as much a part of our lives as is our birth. There is so much that we don't know about death, but we know that it will come to all of us. Throughout my ministry and life, I have come to understand that death is the final healer, that upon our death, the illnesses, the troubles, and the demons that have haunted us are healed and we are made whole. As we enter God's kingdom, we receive not the crumbs from the table, but we sit at the table of eternal light and life and joy. Between now and then, our journey continues. May we be empowered to seek out for ourselves and for others the crumbs of faith and the crumbs of life in Christ. May we remember the gospel story from this morning and come to a deeper understanding in God's eyes, there are no dogs unworthy of the crumbs from under the table. We are all made in God's image, and we all are welcome to sit at the table, Gentile and Jew, male and female, rich and poor, straight and gay, young and old. We are all invited to eat our fill, both now at this table and in the age to come. Amen.